Women Who Launch and Lead, the podcast for women ready to change the world by women who are changing the world. Listen in each week on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Breaker, or Stitcher as we connect with women making it happen in life, business, and career. Relate to their struggles, learn their strategies, and celebrate their successes. Then show your love by subscribing and leaving a review. Now, here's your host, Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon, and we're here today for another episode of Women Who Launch and Lead. And we have Marilyn Pendleton with us today, soon to be Dr. Marilyn Pendleton. Yes! Six months! (laughs) Six months! (laughs) And Marilyn is a grief recovery specialist and the founder of Your Voice Heard. So, Marilyn, we are so excited to have you here with us today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. Yes, yes. So let's just jump right in um, and share with us about who you are, what you do, and how you're impacting the world. Who I am, I would say in these few words, I am a healer, motivator, educator, and global collaborator. As a matter of fact, I was just on uh, Facebook with um, connecting with um, friends in UK to see that they were okay today. What I do, um, what I do is I help the people of the world to move beyond significant loss and realize their life purpose. I do that as a grief recovery method specialist, as a registered nurse. Um, as a um, an individual that's in, engaged in the in the global community. Mm. So, if someone is working with you um, as a client um, with your grief recovery expertise, what what are they going to experience in their engagement with you? I, I must preface this by saying I am a grief recovery method specialist. There are other dimensions to the work that I do, and I have a holistic approach. One is the grief recovery method specialist, but also as a registered nurse and looking at data um, and how that data what numbers, how it relates to their, to their life. I talk about um, my company tagline is leverage data with compassion. Numbers tell a story and we can approach it from the point of maybe someone has a problem with their hypertension, but there's an emotional, uh, their numbers may be out of whack but there may be an emotional piece that is impacting their blood pressure Mm -hmm. or they may find themselves having a lot of um, conflicts. You look at the numbers of conflicts, maybe at work, um, maybe at family members, 
And we have to dig deep in those numbers and have them explore that. It may be that they require um, to do their own personal work, their emotional work, that there are issues that have been unresolved in their life mm -hmm. and they need to complete that. Mm -hmm. So uh, walking around with a lot of pain. Okay. So how would someone know if they needed to see someone like you, a grief recovery specialist? I think we, we tend to have ideas about um, what grief is, what it looks like, and why we experience it. Um, but what, what would you say to help someone identify themselves as, as someone who needed your services? Let's take the situation that we're in right now with COVID-19. I have, there are so many losses that people encounter. And grief is the normal and natural response to loss of any type. And it's those conflicting feelings that people experience when there's an end or a change of a familiar pattern of behavior. This is tells you that our world is grieving globally. Not only that people are dying and loved, um, loved ones are, have died and people are grieving that. We're just grieving our everyday existence that change. We're locked in our, in our homes. That's different. Um, lack of relationships, um, lack of routine, maybe going to the gym, being able to access um, family and friends uh, to touch them, that's grief. And that's the service that I provide to help people move beyond that and at the end of it, become resilient and engage in their lives, not being constantly afraid or constantly in an emotional pain or anxious. Mm -hmm. Okay, good, good. Thank you for that. Um, especially in this time, I think, you know, what I've been saying on, on social media is people putting these like emotional check-in things up, like show this emoji based on how you're feeling, which is all well and good, but then there's kind of no follow-up to that. Right. But the, the, thing is that if you're not selecting the top one that says, you know, I'm feeling normal, you know, I'm just moving along, then there is something going on emotionally. It's not just about being in the house, you, you know, there is something that has shifted in your way of being mm -hmm. that, um, that is causing some sort of turmoil in, inside of you. And then being able to um, identify that that's actually what's going on and then know how and where to get the help to deal with that because you know the snacking that you're doing as a result of that is not the best way <laughs> to deal with it right <laughs> but I think that's the go-to that everyone you know is, is doing right now they're just eating more and they're hanging on social media more um, but they're not necessarily helping um, deal with um, really the trauma that they've experienced as a result of the um, change that has happened in in the world, but as a result also in their individual lives. So that's really good for people, you know, to understand um, 
you know, how grief may show up and that it really can show up as a result of any, you know, major shift or change that or loss that we experience. So thank you for sharing that. And, I, you know, and I just want to include the intangible piece that a lot of bereavement, when someone dies, that's very tangible. You can touch it. What's intangible is not feeling safe. Mm -hmm. going out into the community and everyone, when you have to, everyone is suspect. And I am a registered nurse and I still do some home visits and it, it, it can be uh, scary for me. Um, but I go ahead because I know that um, the client needs, needs the service but um, it, it definitely, my, my, that my practice as a nurse has shifted. I had to, there was one case I had to, um, I could not continue in because of the length of exposure um, in, in the, um, with the client. So I could not, I couldn't do that. But also, um, I want to um, speak to the heart of children as well. They hear all this stuff on the news and their whole life has been upended. A lot of times the adults, the parents don't know how to support the children and um, because they're so frightened themselves and everything is uncertain. And those are things that um, are intangible when you go into the store, if you touch something. Recently I looked at, I saw a video, someone was licking deodorant containers in the store, oh my gosh or walking down the street and someone thinks it's funny to cough in someone's face or spit on them. Uh, so unacceptable. And um, th that's grief that causes um, grief. Mm. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned the children because I think the assumption is that they're just happy to you know, be home from school. And they may look like that is the case. Um, and we, you know, we assume and we, we state a lot of times that children are resilient, you know, they're adaptable and, you know, they can shift in and adjust to situations very easily. But I think what it is, is that they just don't always know how to communicate what they're experiencing. Um, mm -hmm. And then they tend to act and behave the way they think the adults want them to. Yes. Um, but that's not the same as being resilient. <laughs> right. Uh, and um, we learned that very, very early on in life. We're mm -hmm. taught, don't feel bad, or you can replace the loss with um, something else to make you feel better. You just right. mentioned food, mm -hmm. um, uh, the snacking um, uh, during this period. That doesn't make you feel better. It makes you feel differently. Mm -hmm. um, and that if you have certain feelings that you should isolate your, well, we're, yeah, we're isolating now for a reason, but you should um, hide or you should go alone in your, um, in your room and not allow anybody to see that, um, or you, you're not allowed to share that you're afraid or that you really have, you need to talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So let's shift gears a little bit and um, talk about how you got started doing the work that you're doing. Um, I think with all of the women that I know who are in business for themselves, you are the second grief recovery specialist 
that I know of, no personally, right? <laughs> so it's not something um, that I'm aware that a whole lot of people are doing. Um, so it'd be interesting to hear, you know, how you got started on that path. I actually was a school nurse in the Kensington section of Philadelphia. And what I realized when I was reading a lot of the uh, psychosocial evaluations come through the health room. Um, a lot of, we may be the gatekeepers along with the special ed liaisons. And you um, pull out information where you need to um, provide support for children. And there was a recurring theme of various losses that children experienced. And it connected with um, their inability to perform in school, difficulty with relationships um, with their classmates, and just coming to the health room a lot for uh, symptoms that they were really not clinically found. Sometimes a very vague stomach aches, but no, there's nothing clinically to associate one with the other. Um, and I, it was determined that, you know, for my assessment, it was a lot of, it may be trauma or some other losses that the children are encountering. It, it could be a parent that was um, incarcerated. It could be death. It could be divorce. But alternatively, it could be a move that um, they moved from family members. I remember one time a child moved from Florida and was a grandparent spent a lot of time invested helping to take care of the child. Mom thought it was a great ideal to move north, but eventually she had to move back to Florida because the child was not performing. She grieved the relationship with her grandparents so much. Mm. And working in that environment I, and reading some of the um, files, I said, oh my gosh, I've had any number of these losses. And I had to look at myself. Mm -hmm. There was a, I attended um, a church. They had a, um, a recovering from losses grief class. It was facilitated by Reverend um, Herbert Jackson and Sister Lizzie Mae Jackson. They are grief recovery method specialists, and now they are my spiritual parents, and they also have been mentors. I, they, I became introduced to the program. I told my principal about it. She ensured that I got the training. Um, she did the paperwork, and I had the training, and I became the point person in the school for any children um, who needed emotional support, how we're going to look at this, how we're going to address it in their IEPs, 504 plans, giving information to parents, teachers, how to support the child in, in school. And, and thus the journey began and I became your voice heard. I'm your voice heard LLC now. And I'm um, passionate about it. One of the reasons why uh, I left a full-time position to uh, build my business and um, do research. I, want, I really wanted to do research and that's and went into the doctoral program. Okay, so that's um, a really good 
I hate to use the word story, but the but that story is is very good. Um, and what I heard there that I'm hoping our listeners will pull out of it is that in doing your normal work, you saw a need that wasn't being met. You found a resource um, that helped you develop the expertise necessary to now meet that need and use that in your career, but then also took that expertise and launched your own business. Yes. So, you know, when we talk about from a business perspective, you know, filling a need in the marketplace, this is a prime example of that. So you weren't out, you know, necessarily looking for something that you could do to launch a business. You were doing your day to day in your work and you're just like, wait a minute, there's a disconnect here. Let, Let me figure out what's going on. You identify it, you then, okay, let me get this training, let me develop this expertise so I can help these people. So in that aspect, from a career perspective, you're going above and beyond, right? So you're going outside of the job description, right? (laughs) And you are, and and you're you're focused on um, becoming your highest level self so you can help the clients you serve become their highest level self. Um, but then again, take that and then um, apply that and transition and transform those skills to be utilized in your own business so you can serve in a way that is more authentic, you know, to who you are. So there's, there's a lot of lessons just built into what you shared that I'm hoping our listeners um, pick up on. So now on this, on this journey um, that you've been on, um, what has been one of the major challenges that you faced? And then what did you do to overcome that challenge? Uh, well, you know what? I think the biggest struggle for me as being a, an entrepreneur is, you know, getting appropriate information and supports that I needed. I will say that um, I, when was it, 2018, um, I attend um, Dare to Imagine Church, and they had a career development program called Dare to Imagine Your Career. I was still working full-time in a school district as an administrator, but I knew that there was um, a greater call for me. In addition, and I had already been accepted into the doctoral program. And the more work I did in the career development class, it came, it illuminated that um, I need not be in that traditional position, but to see uh, my, um, my vision flourish I needed to transition into um, really being an entrepreneur and working on the com- on the company. Therefore, I um, became a, a um, client of Temple Small Business Development Center. I I take classes with them. So when everybody else is sleeping and things like that, or <laughs> I'm always um, I am a learner. Um, I took courses, and I still continue to take courses 
with Philadelphia Industrial, Industrial Development Corporation. Uh, at, they have webinars now. I don't need to go down to, the off, to their building at 7.30 in the morning for a class. So it's kind of nice. Um, connecting with mentors in areas that I need to development. I did a SWOT analysis of my business, which is the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And one of the major things that I needed to do is um, yoke up with um, successful pro professionals to mentor me. And it's um, been going great. And I'm, I'm grateful for it. I'm learning a tremendous amount and um, really laying the foundation um, and the targets for my business. So when um, I'm finished the doctoral program, in six months, <laughs> I'll be on a full launch at that time. Okay. So there are a couple of notes that I jotted down as you were sharing. Um, and the, the first was that to see your vision fulfilled, you had to actually experience a transition. You could not stay in the place in the position that you were and have what God gave you develop mm. fully into what it, it could be. Um, and I think, again, that that's an important lesson because there, there's some success that you can have, um, you know, when you launch out and you're, you know, you, you still have this focus of your nine to five, you can build a business while, while you're working a job. You know, I've, I've done it. I know plenty of women, most women that I know who've gone into entrepreneurship started off that way. Um, but at some point, you've got to believe in the vision that you have enough to be able to make the leap into totally focusing on that. Now, there may have to be a dollar sign attached to that, you know, especially if you're, you know, the only income in your, in your household, you know, so you may have to be making a certain amount of money in your business to be able to do that. Yes. But it's, <laughs> it's very <laughs> difficult to, to really get to where you want to be, you know, if your vision is grand and most visions are grand, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's going to take total focus on that. It's going to take 100% of your time, you know, effort and energy focus on that and not splitting that between a 40 plus hour week job and this. So at some point your part-time gig has to become your full-time focus um, so that you can really grow it into to what it is. Because, you know, I hear as a coach, I hear a lot of times, you know, women are challenged because they can't get their business to grow. And it's like, because you're doing everything you possibly can with the 10 hours a week that you have right now to do it, right? Mm -hmm. It's not going to grow beyond where it is unless you give it the space to grow, which means you've got to put a little more time in, you know? Yeah. And whether that is time to work with more clients or time to do more marketing, time to do more networking and sales calls, whatever the case may be, your business at some point is going to demand more of you. Yes. So you have to determine um, what you're willing to do to get there. And it's okay if the decision is that you're not going to leave your job. There's no right or wrong, you know, Right. Mm -hmm. but you have to let it be a conscious decision. You know what I mean? Decide whether yeah. you're going for it or you're not. <laughs> or decide and, and you know how what? you're going to do it. 
and, and you know, honestly, I had to leave that type of position to do what I needed to do. Um, we know, you know, that the doctoral program is grueling. Mm -hmm. and um and sometimes I have, i've told people yes you look on facebook they're like oh you're here you're there when you see me here or there it's usually related to the business or school mm -hmm. essentially um my social life has taken a hit and i'm okay for it People don't hear from me. Well, they're hearing from me now because <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're shut in. <laughs> and I have the opportunity to um, reach out to some people, talk to some friends, a friend of Malaysia a couple of days ago, this morning, UK and Zambia. Um, and so those are, I'm like, I'm trying to reconnect with people in this time to make sure that they're okay. Mm -hmm. um, that I haven't, that I'm like, I'm thinking of them and I'm caring for them, but the sacrifice, um, the sacrifice is real. And, um, if nothing comes easy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, um, I recognize that and some things have to go by the wayside temporarily. People who love me and care for me, they get it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And they'll do whatever, you know, they can to support me and then there there are times that people are obstacles um and if they're obstacle mm, they're not in, out of the, the <laughs> in the in the area i right. i've used i've used this i was talking to one of my mentors this morning <laughs> and i said yeah i usually say i am like a train and i'm full speed ahead choo choo Anybody gets in my way of getting um, getting in the way of the doctorate program, um, I, unfortunately, it becomes a casualty mm -hmm. because um, there's a lot of sacrifice in this, um, and I'm committed to this because um, the vision that I've given is um, global to help um, the masses at the best of my uh, ability mm -hmm. um and i'm excited about that um and i take it seriously mm -hmm. it's a gift yes. I've, I've been gifted i've been gifted this assignment mm -hmm. that's good that's good so you said um you said previously you mentioned the education and training that you were getting through various resources as a part of you know your strategy to help bring this vision to pass mm -hmm. um and, and now you just mentioned that it requires sacrifice. Um, and I think that's another thing that I would love for our listeners to take away from that. Sometimes what you desire is going to require you to give up some other things that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes that sacrifice is, it's temporary in terms of what you're giving up, but sometimes you're going to have to give up some things permanently. And sometimes those things aren't things, they're people <laughs> and their relationships, um, you know, that are not um, helping you to move forward or helping you be your best selves, just right. yourself or um, just people who don't understand the fact that you want to move forward and you want to do some other things. And they're not necessarily rooting against you, but they're not supporting you either. You know, exactly. so maybe you're sharing your ideas and 
instead of telling you, you know, that you can do it and encouraging you, they're telling you, oh, that's going to be too hard, or you don't know how to do that. How are you going to do that? And that is not, I want to be clear that it's not the same as someone challenging you to address the obstacles that might be in your way. They're, they are two very, they might sound similar, but they're two very different things. So you have yes. someone who's asking you a, a question to just get you to, to maybe think a little further ahead so you can plan appropriately. But then mm -hmm. you have the person who's asking you the questions because they're trying to change your mind. Right. Yeah. Because they are they are afraid or they see what you're doing but they don't have they haven't found it in themselves to do it or are fearful of what other people will say what it looks like because what it looks like to be emotionally healed is very different than staying in the muck and mire and dealing with unhealthy relationships mm -hmm, mm -hmm. things change right it's even the demands that it takes to develop and grow it requires stepping out into other arenas i go to classes that are related to construction in that i'm learning um Learn, I've learned about the construction industry, how individuals, I mean, how there is a lot of uh, suicides. There are a lot of suicides in construction, um, how disabilities, a lot of times the disabilities that people encounter in, um, in construction are lifelong. So that's, um, that's a grieving event. A person mm -hmm. cannot go back to their... Um, regular um, um, employment mm -hmm. or they're anxious because what does it look like? They're going from project to project. Um, that's, um, uh, that causes anxiety and they're afraid of, you know, how am I going to be sustained, you know? And that's, that's grieving, that's, that's a change. Um, so uh, yes, um, we have to, um, go into other areas and just explore because you'll never know if you don't, if you don't go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. So with all of the education and training that you've done, um, what do you think is one of the most important things that you've learned that will help you grow your business? Um, most importantly, ooh, I would say one, training. Get as much information as you can. Two, networking. And you may not, one person, you may meet, meet one person, that person may not be able to um, assist you but they may know someone else who can help you get to the next level. Mm -hmm. um, and three, I would say have phenomenal mentors. Mm -hmm. um, that way that they're willing to share information, let you know um, their shortcomings, where they had difficulties, and hopefully that'll help prevent you from 
having the same business casualties. Mm-hmm. Okay, good, good. Thank you for sharing that. Now, what's one of your favorite resources to use in your work or personal life? Uh, okay, well, <laughs> mm, resources. Well, yeah. First of all, I would say the Bible mm-hmm. because um, I am a believer and I I read and I study and look how um, it's relevant to my life, things that I read. And one of, for example, um, one of the characters that I'm really... Um, I'm connected to, I would say, would be Gideon and Judges. And despite, um, at first, was um, very tentative about what he was called to do. But once he got really got the assignment, he was head on. And it didn't matter um, whom he encountered. He continued forth to complete the assignment. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. Um, um, the other, I would say, amazing, um, relationships Mm -hmm. that, um, are very encouraging. Um, I, I I would just say, you know, um, being encircled by, um, amazing people that support me and, and my journey and believe in me. Mm -hmm. Okay connecting with them. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. Now, what's the next thing on your list to accomplish? <laughs> besides, besides the doctorate degree, because I know that that's, <laughs> that's the priority. But after the doctorate degree, what's oh, next for wow. you? Well, there are a couple of things. I'm a lifelong learner. Um, one of the things I am desiring to do, and I think I've already mapped it out, is that I want to be, become certified in uh, cultural intelligence. Uh, I became familiar with that um, in, um, in my cross-cultural class. Um, I didn't know there was a cross, um, uh, cultural intelligence uh, certification. And the other is to expand my work in a couple of areas. One is to um, go to Zambia uh, and work with um, individuals I know there and also to expand into um, Panama. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love uh, the idea of taking what you're doing global, but not just, because obviously we can we can be global because of the internet, but to physically go somewhere and have an impact there um, is, that's a different level of commitment um, and requires different things from you, you know, as well. So just knowing that you kind of have that in, in your vision is, is really awesome. So um, I definitely will be praying for the manifestation of that goal for you and that all of the connections take place and resources are provided that you'll have what you need to do that. Yes. And I'm, I'm very much, I'm, you know, I'm very much going to be 
present here in mm -hmm. the U.S. as well and working on um, just developing my team. Um, mm -hmm. There are a number of people um, that are uh, will be coming on with me um, to fulfill um, the vision to heal, inspire, educate, and empower mm -hmm. individuals, um, executive uh, executive leaders, and organizations. Okay, great. Um, let's switch over to wordplay now. So I'm going to share with you um, two words that I'd love for you to share with us your perspective on what they mean, your other definition, or what they mean to you. Um, okay. The first is compassion. Oh, compassion is really visualizing or um, empathy, putting yourself in the other person's um, place and being cognizant of ways that you can support and and the awareness of words that are not encouraging. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would say that's compassion. Okay, great. Thank you. And then the second word is vulnerability. Being transparent, taking the mask off. So often, uh, I, I just want to say, don't fake the funk. Mm -hmm. You know, be true <laughs> to yourself and don't be afraid to be whom you are. Now, we do have to be discerning and have wisdom that um, everything isn't for everybody. Mm -hmm. However, people can see if and they can sense if you are being authentic or you're covering up mm -hmm. if it's just the you know if you're concerned about them or you're, you're concerned about the dollar i, I right. just i'll just want to put it like that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes that's that's really good don't fake the funk i haven't heard that in a while <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, as we bring the interview to a close, please share with our listeners how they can connect with you online. Oh, they can go to um, my website. I, I have a presence. It's yourvoiceheard.org. Um, and I can be connected through um Instagram and LinkedIn there, Facebook as well. I'm also on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Are your social media handles your voice heard or? Um, my, well, Marilyn, Marilyn Pendleton and your voice heard. Um, there are two pages. Um, I'm in, in transition right now. Your voice heard, um, Inc. And I'm transitioning over to your voice heard LLC. Instagram is your voice heard uh, LLC along with uh, along with oh gosh Twitter okay um, and, and I'm and I can be found on LinkedIn as well okay great awesome My name. awesome yes so and her name is Marilyn Pendleton in case you missed it at the top of our time together <laughs> so and it's P E N D 
E-L-T-O-N, ideally. Okay. <laughs> All right, make sure you write that down, ladies. <laughs> All right. So, Marilyn, again, I just want to thank you for um, the time that you shared with us today. Um, sharing authentically from your experience and your journey. Um, there were some very valuable lessons that I know I got from our conversation that I'm hoping our listeners got as well. Um, and to our listeners, I want to encourage you as always to like and share and subscribe and make sure you join us on the next episode. We'll be talking with another powerhouse woman who's going to share from their experience and journey and give you lessons, tips, and strategies that you can apply to your life, business, and career. But thank you, Marilyn. We appreciate having you. Okay, thank you. And uh, stay safe, stay well. Thank you for joining us for Women Who Launch and Lead with Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and leave your positive review so we can continue to bring you impactful and powerful content. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Coach Sharita. Learn more about how you can work with Dr. Sharita at SharitaWeatherspoon.com. As always, learn, launch, lead.